Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Brian Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Hello, and welcome again to another episode of the Accelerator Podcast. My name is Brian Tillman, the host of the show, and with us today is church planter extraordinaire Matthew Morgan. What's up, Matthew Morgan? Hey, 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 Dr. Tillman. How are you, sir? I am uh, I'm doing well. It's a uh, Friday morning for our recording, and uh, looking forward to the weekend. How about yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. The weekend uh, is the best part of the week uh, in many respects. I'm sure you can understand what I mean by that. I know that. I know that. So uh, Matthew is the church planter at Grace Community Church in Indianola, Mississippi. And uh, I want you, Matthew, to share with our listeners kind of your journey to this point in ministry. Uh, but before you do that, I want you to share about your family. And uh, Absolutely. and so uh, talk to us for just a moment about those two items. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So first and foremost, man, I I uh, need to brag on my family a little bit. I am, I am blessed to be caught up in the sovereign redemption story of God. And part of that is being able to Really, uh, just be excited about the fact that God has given me a family first and foremost, and 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 that might be explained a little bit more in detail later. But man, I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world. Of course, I'm not biased at all. Uh, the the doctor, Miss Valerie Morgan, uh, just recently uh, defended her dissertation for her Ed D. Um, she Watch is out. my hero. Uh, she is the person who led me to Christ, and so she's 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 the thing for me, man. I'm telling Amen. you. Uh, and then uh, we have five children, uh, one girl and four boys. The girl is the oldest. Her name is Isabella. Mm-hmm. And then we have Isaiah, Levi, Jeremiah, and Noah. And they are like stair steps, man. I'm telling you, uh, uh, Bella uh, is 13 months apart from Isaiah, and then it just goes down the list. So uh, we've got a big family, a fun family, fun times always. Uh, but anyways, man, it's just a a really uh, beautiful expression of God's redemption in my life. My family is for sure. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, talk to us for, uh, for just a, a moment about your ministry journey and uh, you can include as, as far back as you want. If that's, uh, you know, your, your bride now uh, sharing Christ with you and you come into Christ and just that journey or, uh, you know, as short as you'd like. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And so for me, I do have to back up a little bit farther because the, all the details are so important and, and the steps for us in ministry, um, especially as we've you know, kind of been called to look back and, and, and uh, realize what God has been doing for us. So um, I was uh, born in the Mississippi Delta. 
uh, which for our listeners, I'm not sure if they know where that's at. That's in, in the state of Mississippi. That is in uh, the northern west portion running along the Mississippi River. Uh, it's a very flat area, uh, very uh, agriculturally driven. Um, so, you know, not a whole lot of trees, but a whole lot of crops. Uh, very flat, very hot. Uh, very it, there's, a, there's a lot of things flying in the Delta. They're called yeah. Uh, um, yeah. mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah mosquitoes. The, the state bird. The state <laughs> bird, for sure. Uh, they're awful, man. But anyway, so I was born in, in the Mississippi Delta, in Greenville, Mississippi. And uh, I was born to an uh, addicted mother. Uh, my mother was an uh, addict of every sort. Um, she loved any type of high and uh, she would pursue and use pretty much any kind of drug that would get her there. Mm -hmm. And so being born in Greenville, uh, we didn't stay there. Uh, we were moved very quickly. My mother chasing addiction. Uh, when I say we, I, I'm referring to my sister and I at this point. Uh, and uh, so from Greenville, Mississippi, uh, almost immediately after my birth, we were moved to California and uh, spent a while in California. And then from there, the, the journey just gets crazy. We lived in all sorts of places, back and forth to Mississippi. We lived in Alabama, in Arizona, in Washington State, uh, and everywhere in between. Uh, just two kids and a, and a mom chasing addiction. Uh, don't know who my dad is. Uh, but um, anyways, so that's, that's an important detail of, of our ministry journey. Mm -hmm. uh, we were brought back to the Mississippi Delta when I was around 12 and my mother had cleaned herself up for a little bit. And during that time, she uh, had an accident around uh, the place that we were staying and had some internal bleeding and, and started to use heroin after that and uh, subsequently passed away. Mm. And so uh, my sister and I lived together, both teenagers at the time. Neither one of us uh, knew the Lord or were pursuing the Lord, uh, although we were Southern uh, culturally, um, you know, that that did not manifest itself in any type of Christian religion or um, uh, assent uh, as far as our sentiments were concerned uh, towards God. Uh, and for me, uh, man, God was a, a thing of knowledge, uh, but not a person to know. Um, and so, and, and I despised him in many ways because I, I was kind of down on the fact that I was having to be brought up in the way that I was being brought up with an addict mother, no father, no home. And then at this point, a mother had been taken away from me. So the only thing that I had was a sister, uh, and, um, you know, all the rebel rousing that we got ourselves into. So a year after my mother passed away, my sister and I lived together for a while. We both started to use drugs. We were both teenagers. I was again, 12 years old. So, you know, really pitiful, especially as I think about the ages of my children now, but also as I celebrate and, and rejoice over the redemptive story that we're called up in. Um, but anyways, uh, after about a year of living with my sister uh, and, and just pursuing the world and all the craziness that, um, you know, our upbringing uh, had taught us, uh, my sister decided that she wanted to move me to uh, Indianola, Mississippi, um, to uh, live with an aunt and uncle. So anyways, uh, I moved over to Indianola, Mississippi, which is about 30 minutes east of Greenville, also in the Mississippi Delta. And I start school. School was a, a, a funny issue 
for us because we were always hitchhiking and moving around. We really didn't have a lot of it. But I started school at a local public school here. And I had one goal in mind, and that was to be boyfriend and girlfriend, Brian, boyfriend and girlfriend in the eighth grade. Right. Do you have a do you have a girl in mind or was it just like any anything, anyone, ninety eight point six? That's exactly right. It was any and every girl. And so I'm on I'm on pursuit uh, in that. And uh, I see the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. uh, And uh, in that pursuit, desire to let her be the first on the list. Yeah. And so um, I, um, you know, strike up conversations with this particular girl and find out that she's a believer. She's a Christian. Okay. And uh, that if 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 I was going to be able to uh, know her um, anymore, I was going to have to come to church with her. And so anyways, I started attending a local church here in Indianola, Mississippi. And uh, to fast forward the story a little bit, about a year after that, um, I meet Christ. Uh, I was at a disciple now here in the Delta. Uh, uh-huh. Culturally, Brian, I am a mutt. Uh, if if we can talk culture and refer to it as that, yeah. um, I am not uh, Southern specific in my culture, and neither am I um, uh, uh, ethnically uh, <laughs> uh, specific in my culture. Uh, as it relates to my ethnicity. So okay. I'm in a place that uh, struggles with those types of things, and I'm not yes. fitting in at all. Yep. And so here I am in this place, but I am, you know, learning Christ. And so the night I meet Jesus, uh, you know, I come in this church in the Mississippi Delta. You know, it it, it is as mono-ethnic and uh, very Caucasian specific as it can be, and I do not fit in at all. I have on uh, the baggiest pants that a person can wear, uh, big jersey, earrings in my ears, uh, cut short, dyed hair, had a pager on. I mean, that was just, you know, kind of a part <laughs> of who I was culturally. And so I go in this church and and I'm there for the girl. And next thing I know, Brian, you know, Christ finds me and he saves me and uh, radically changes my life and changes my story. Uh, fast forward from that point, pursue this girl in relationship. I, I I discovered what love was, and so I uh, began this journey of figuring out how to appropriate that in my relationship with this girl. Um, next thing I know, high school comes around. The Lord's redemptive story is moving. We're serving in the church, but never thinking that we're called to ministry. Still in the in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, after high school, uh, I marry that girl who is now and still my wife and mother of my kids, uh, the girl that led me to Christ. And... Um, uh, I'm pursuing the medical field, Brian, and yep. still never thinking about ministry, but but yep. one thing leads to another, and uh, I feel the Lord's call on my heart and life to pursue Him in ministry, and so surrender to that and start this journey uh, that we are on in church planting in the Mississippi Delta uh, from that point. We thought that, or I specifically thought, that the best thing to do for ministry was to get out of a place that struggled with culture and ethnicity and and relationships like the Mississippi Delta does. And um, I I discovered as the Lord called and appointed us to various ministry positions within the Delta, that um, he was calling us to this place uh, for a very long time. And as it relates to my story, that long story that I just got to sharing, he gave us or gave me the opportunities to have an an addict mother and 
you know, struggling childhood and all of those things, because that's what fits and speaks and resonates in this place. And so um, to, to cite your question again, how how does, you know, tell you about ministry, um, God literally allowed the things in our lives so as to create us for a ministry such as this and a place such as this. And so um, about eight years ago, Brian, we planted Grace Community Church. Uh, It is a people without a building. Uh, Mm -hmm. We say that we want to do three things uh, and we call them the brass tacks of biblical church. We want to be rooted in the word. We want to raise Jesus high and we want to reach the lost. And uh, that's literally all we want to do. Uh, so as we seek to create opportunities for everyone and anyone to meet Jesus Christ, we exist in a community uh, that is made up of different folks. Our church, therefore, uh, is made up of different folks, different ethnicities from different cultures, just really wanting to do those three things, be a people who are rooted in the word, raising Jesus high and reaching the lost. And so eight years ago, we, we started that journey in pursuit. We knew that in a place like the Delta, uh, the main way to achieve that um, was through the tool of relationships. In, in the Delta, Brian, um, relationships are few and far between. That is, relationships that are real, that are transparent, that are built on trust and vulnerability and all of those things. Um, so as we sought to see the culture change and plant a church, we knew that we had to capitalize or, or, or leverage that tool of relationships. And so relationships kind of take a long time to develop and establish trust and influence and, you know, all of those things. So on an eight year journey now, um, we are finally coming to a point where there is trust uh, between the members of the church, but also uh, between the church and the the community and, and that influence. And so here we are now, God has given us a beautiful season of fruitfulness uh, and effectiveness in, in our, in our mission. Um, we are uh, speaking to uh, the, the needs and the hurts of the people in the community. Uh, God is graciously using us to, to see families restored, to see uh, strongholds torn down, uh, to see all of those issues of, of what typical rural South uh, has to offer really be answered and dealt with because of the gospel. So uh, to, to uh, I don't know, maybe kind of be specific and, and direct in my answer to your question about our missionary or, or ministry journey, um, man, God made us for a place like the Mississippi Delta and he's using us here and we're thankful for it, Brian. Um, I think that you just answered like all 17 of my questions in uh, <laughs> one essay slash dissertation. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a lot of info there. Um, yeah. You like to pontificate a, a lot, don't you, Mr. Morgan? I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. do. Um, I'd like for our I'd like for our time to be like more of a dialogue. Yeah, for our, for our listeners. No, I'm just kidding with you. Uh, you've been with the uh, two four two. You've been with the two four two for a uh, number of years. You're one of our hub leaders. Um, yes, you are working in the Delta, wanting to see plants in the Delta. Uh, yes. How talk talk to us for uh, for for a moment about um, multi ethnic work. Grace Community uh, seeks to do that. Be that. Um, and, and the yeah. need for that in, 
in your context, in, in the Delta, um, yeah. the great need that is there, because there's a stark contrast, I believe, just on the outside looking in, I believe, in that culture and in that context. context. Yeah. So uh, talk to us for, for a few moments about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, multi-ethnic um, churches, ministry, uh, you know, paired church stuff, multi-ethnic as an uh, as a idea is a, a very hot topic, buzzworthy uh, theme that's mm-hmm. happening really within our nation. Okay. Um, and my, my word, Brian, I mean, we can, you know, conversate about all those little intricate details uh, as, as it relates to multi-ethnicity, you know, just in life. Um, but for us in our culture, in our church, we just want to be, you know, representative of the community that we're in. And for us, we are in a community that is uh, you know, 80% African-American, uh, mm-hmm. probably, uh, you know, oh my word, you know, 19% Caucasian. There is a, a Hispanic population. There's an Asian population as well. Uh, so we just want to, we, we want to look like our culture and community. And we believe as it relates to multiculturalism and, and the church that as we are called to be a people with the gospel to reach people, then whatever or whoever the people are outside of our doors, that's who needs to be being reached. And, and what we find, Brian, is that um, as we're just faithful to the gospel and, and to the tenets of the gospel to, to love and respect God's created humanity by offering them dignity and, and kindness and service that, you know, a church becomes multicultural and, and, and multi-ethnic. Uh, as it relates to the community outside uh, or in the area that that church is serving. Uh, So for us, you know, I mean, we're in the South, you know, the South is known for a a lot of issues. The the Mississippi Delta is kind of like a grand magnification of those issues within the South. Um, So if the South is, you know, known for its you know, music and food and, and, uh, hospitality, you know, the Delta has a lock on that. It magnifies that it does that well. Uh, but if the South is also, and unfortunately is known for racial issues, uh, the effects of racial sin, uh, broken relationships, um, socioeconomic problems, poor education, then, you know, you fill in the blank. The Delta is also known for that. So, you know, relationally, as, you know, the gospel calls us to be about, um, you know, bringing others to Christ, you've got to deal with that. You know, you've got to address that. You've got to figure that thing out. And what we have found is that, uh, you know, it is answered in Christ. Uh, You know, I told you that we want to be a church who raises Jesus high. Yep. And that's our identity piece, Brian. Um, we're, we're, we want to be a people that when others think about us or see us, the very first identifying characteristic that we have is that of Jesus. Hmm. So in as much as we look different from each other and, you know, our skin tones are, you know, different and our cultures are different and our preferences are different. The very first thing that we want people to see is Jesus. And we have found that. Uh, when that happens, when we do that with each other, and then when we do that with our community, then we're able to unify and celebrate the differences. So we raise Jesus high, uh, almost like an umbrella. 
So, uh, so let me let me ask you a question uh, on yeah. that. Then, if if that's what you're seeking to do first and foremost for you to raise Jesus high, um, share with share with us how um, you communicate that to Grace Community. What are some practical ways that uh, you just, if I'm going to do anything, I've got to make this point clear and get that yeah. point across to my folks yeah. Um, yeah. so that. So that we too, uh, I mean, River Bend and, and Hernando and other yeah. uh, other places uh, to to be able to drive that as well. Yeah. So you know, I told you that we also and and probably first and foremost want to be a people who are rooted in the Word yep. and has everything to do with the Word of God. Um, you know, we we understand what God wants for His children as we hear from Him and we hear from Him from from His Word, and uh, so we seek to understand and know that. And we're just taught simply in the Bible uh, to be a people who are loving our brothers, uh, to be a people who are reaching out in service and love to those who are oppressed. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, understanding from God's word, the tenets of what Christian living looks like, uh, we find ourselves easily dealing with uh, the communication of, um, you know, being the church that is multicultural. So, you know, as I uh, teach and lead my people, I practically say, let's just follow God's word. And what we find in God's word, Brian, is that uh, the things that separate us, uh, our preferences have to die. Uh, Hmm. You know, if, if all believers are called to take up their cross and die daily uh, for the sake of our relationship with God and our relationship with the world around us, Uh then man, you know, issues that separate and divide us, they have to die too. So that's how we practically live that out. We practically live a life of dying to self, dying to preference, dying to uh, prior uh, presumptive ideas about a particular person. We die to all of those things so that we can love our brother as ourselves, our neighbor as ourselves, and see the lost one to Christ. And that's the literal communication of the leadership of Grace Community to uh, the people. And that's the literal way that we pursue reaching our community. Um, question. Do you, do you think that every church needs to be multi-ethnic? Yes or no? How, why, or why not? Yeah. So I just want to clarify, you said the word multi-ethnic and not multicultural, and that's important. Um, sometimes we use those words interchangeably and we shouldn't. Um, and I'm thankful that you asked about our church being multi-ethnic. I know that you were very specific and intentional with that. Uh And I want our listeners to to pick up on that. He asked about multi-ethnic guys. So do I think that a church or all churches should be multi-ethnic? What I think is that based on God's word, a church should look like the community that it serves. So if you're in a community that has multiple ethnicities, then it seems as if the gospel would naturally cause your gathering to be representative of those ethnicities. And therefore you have the answer, I hope. So yeah, there you go. So um, when you are talking with potential planters, uh, candidates that are going through assessment that want to kind of focus on that aspect um, we've had a couple that have come through recently, and and uh, how do, how do you walk with somebody uh, in that direction? What what are what are your uh, conversations like? What are you driving uh, with that person that that comes out and is blatantly 
for it or blatantly against it? What, what, are, what are those conversations possibly looking like? Yeah, so for those that are for multi-ethnicity, um, it's, it's easy because they, they get it um, uh-huh. in, in a way. At least they, they get the, the need for it. Yep. Um, and, you know, I really don't think, Brian, that, that we can uh, uh, really understand the gospel without seeing the need for multi-everything as it relates to people being one to Christ and the church doing the job of the church. So for those that get it, yes, I mean, it, it just makes sense. How do I help them understand how to do it? I just point them towards the gospel. Now, a lot of people take offense to that, Brian, because, you know, what we seek uh, in answering the issue of multi-ethnicity, uh, multiculturalism, and those things that follow, we're, we want a step-by-step plan, right? Yeah. We, we want a, a, a playbook that says, this is how I reach a particular ethnicity that I'm not a part of. But we already have the playbook. The playbook is God's word and the gospel. We, we have every instance of how people reach out beyond their preferences and beyond cultures and into different ethnic groups. Uh, in the book of Acts alone, um, you have issues being dealt with with the Apostle Peter. You have issues mm-hmm. being dealt with with Paul. You have all of those things. And every time what we see is God instructing his people to love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, and what is, and, and what kind of love is that? Well, it's not, it's not that brotherly love. It's not the uh, philia love uh, that we're familiar with. It's, it's, it's the agapeo love. It's the love that's, that says, man, it's an unconditional desire to serve and to bring this person to Christ with whatever, you know, whatever yeah. that means for me, I, I love yep. myself. Yep. Uh, so, so that, you know, brings me to those who get it or who are opposed to it. And, and you know, being opposed to it, that's such a negative mm-hmm. thing to say, but I, I understand yeah. that you're asking me to answer. Um, you know, what, what do I say to them? Well, I just say, man, if, if, if that's an issue for you, then you might not get the gospel because the gospel just answers that question in our hearts. You know, the gospel drives us uh, to pursue all people. So Matthew, one of the... Uh parts of the podcast that I absolutely love. I call faves. And so uh, just some rapid fire questions, so to speak, on your favorites. Yeah. So uh, first, because of the baggy pants, earrings, short dyed hair uh, back a lifetime ago, uh, what's your favorite R&B artist and or what's your favorite rapper? All right, so I'll answer both of those. Favorite yeah, R&B on. artist is Usher. Usher, and, come on. Yeah, man. Favorite rapper is probably Lil Wayne. Lil, Lil Wayne? Yeah, man. Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne. Yeah. What's, what's the worst rapper? Who's the worst, uh, who's worst in your book? Uh, a guy named Silk the Shocker. Which Silk I'm, the Shocker. Okay. He's Silk probably a shocker, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Favorite meal? If uh, there was one meal that uh, Valerie's going to cook or you're going to go out and eat, uh, tell me about that meal. Pizza. 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 Any particular pizza? Just, yeah, just pizza. Just pizza. Just pizza. Pizza pie, right. brother. Yeah. Uh, favorite person in history? In history? C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Why do you love some C.S. Lewis? Because he, he doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. What What's your favorite team or your favorite sport? You uh, are college yeah. football. Yep. Alabama. Roll Tide. Oh, you were another Tide fan. Yes, uh, man. Fa- favorite activity. If you had one day to do whatever Matthew Morgan wanted to do, what would that activity be? Being with my wife. Being with Miss, uh, excuse me, Miss Doctor Valerie. There we the go, Doctor Miss. The, the Doctor Miss. Miss. Okay. Right. Is that That's what right. you? Uh, is that is that your title for her? Like every time you come home from work, uh, yeah, Doctor Val- yeah. Miss hey, Miss Valerie. Yeah. Hey, hey, Doc. Whatever it is. Okay. Um, favorite book. Um. I mean, of course, I could be super spiritual right now. I, I really do love God's Word. We're, we're going uh, there next. We're going yeah, there. man. Uh, outside of the Bible, uh, any of C.S. Lewis's writings, um, uh, man, Abolition of Man, Mere Christianity, yep. uh, any of those. Uh, favorite book in the Bible? Romans. Romans is the favorite book in the Bible. Uh, favorite dead theologian or minister? It's a new one I'm adding here. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, they have to be dead. Yeah, dead theologian or a minister? Man, I, I really like Paul. We are a f- fan of Paul. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this one. We like to close out every Accelerator podcast with a humorous or interesting story that has happened to you in ministry. You got one of those? Man, I absolutely do. Uh, I have many of those. I'm going to give you a baptism one, all right? All right. We got a baptism so, story. Here we go. Yes, sir. So here we are. We are uh, into uh, about three years of ministry at the uh, uh, last church that I pastored before we planted. Yep. Uh, and uh, so Lord is moving. Folks getting baptized left and right. And I am baptizing an adolescent uh, guy. Um, just like me, I mean, not, not from church or, you know, good background, anything like that. And, uh, he's nervous as all get out to get into this water, uh, as most people are. And so the one thing I tell him not to do is open his mouth, right? (laughs) Do not open your mouth. It's going to be okay. I'm going to have you in. I'm going to have you out. You are going to be completely submerged, but it's going to be quick. We're going to make this happen. Yeah. And so he's nervous and he is about the same size as I am in his adolescence, Come on. Uh, which I'm six, I'm six two two twenty, and he's a big boy. <laughs> so he, uh, we get in this baptistry and, you know, we go through, through, through the, the talk and, uh, I've got him set up. He's, he's, you know, positioned correctly, holding himself yeah. correctly. Everything is fine. And so I dunk him, I bring him back up and something's off. Something looks weird, right? I don't know what it, I don't know what happened, but something happened. And so I'm, I'm kind of patting him on the back, trying to figure out what's going on. He starts to cough just a little bit. And I'm asking him, Hey, are you okay? Next thing I know, he spits the biggest <laughs> fountain of water straight into my face. The boy opened his mouth and luckily, he caught me in a in a second of my mouth being closed, which, hey, as you can right. tell, listeners from this podcast, <laughs> is is very rare. So, I get a full face of of baptismal water from this young man, and uh, it was a hilarious moment. Uh, it was a scary moment. It was an uncomfortable moment. But uh, yeah, there's there's my funny moment for you. Come on, uh, listeners! I hope that uh, you have. Uh, listened there's there's been some great uh, statements 
some uh, some statements that uh, you might need to uh, have written down and taken note of, and hopefully that uh, you'll go back and glean through those. Talking about new works, talking about uh, the mission of the work, raising Jesus high, rooted in the Word, and uh, reaching the lost in the community that is there. That's right. Um, That's right. Matthew Morgan, thank you for the time, and uh, listeners, thank you for joining us in this episode of the Accelerator Podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.